Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us, and good morning to those who are watching online as well. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Um, if you're watching online, write something in the comments so we know who is with us. We still have our uh, United Methodist Committee on Relief tornado buckets for the whole month of May, um, so they are out in our entrance areas. But what you do is you pick one of the buckets up, it'll have a list in it, all the supplies that you go buy, fill it up, and bring it back. Um, the warehouse, the United Methodist Committee on Relief warehouse, is low on buckets because recently they all went to Ohatchee. So we're going to refill that supply for the next time a tornado comes to our area. Uh, we have some exciting news. I'm really excited about this one. Yesterday, uh, many of our church members did Run to the Max Run uh, for mental health at Nakalula Falls. We had the best water uh, distributors ever uh, at the water station from our church doing that. But in the back of the sanctuary, I see Beth Dial. She got an award for her age group yesterday. Uh, Catherine Barnes got an award for her age group yesterday. And many more of our church members uh, that are going to be at different services got awards too. So our church was clearing the trophies. I just want everybody to know that. That's pretty great. Um, the church picnic is on Wednesday, May 12th at 5 p.m. Uh, up at the falls. And I hear we're going to have the best food ever. Is that right? Yeah. Best food ever. You better believe it. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So that's, again, that's this Wednesday at 5 p.m. Um, May 23rd is going to be High School Senior Sunday at both Sunday services here at the church. Um, and Vacation Bible School is June 7th through the 10th. You can sign up to volunteer. I'm so um, excited. It is so exciting. You can sign up to volunteer or sign your kids up. And even if you're not helping or coming and you want a t-shirt, you can get one. But today is the last day to sign up for a t-shirt. So let Catherine know that. This is my last announcement. We do have a candy bar uh, out in the Chestnut Street lobby. So come get some uh, sweet treats here for Mother's Day today on your way out. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful uh, to gather today to worship. I pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I also say for everybody out there, happy Mother's Day. We are so glad that you're here. Uh, we've got a new song here. It's called All Praise. So, uh, it's pretty easy to follow along with. I don't think it'll take you long to jump in with us. Amazing grace, amazing grace that far outweighs my past mistakes. Your death became the death of shame. I'll praise you for amazing grace. All praise, all praise. See the old life is gone and the new has begun. Jesus, you alone deserve all praise. Up from the grave, up from the grave, into the dark you 
called my name and brought me back to life again. I rose with you up from the grave. All praise, all praise. See the old life is gone and the new has begun. Your Deserve all praise, all praise, all praise, all praise. Sing the new life is gone, and the new has begun. Your name, your name always. Jesus, you alone deserve all praise. You're coming soon, you're coming soon, your promises, they all come true, God, we will fix our eyes on you, and we believe you're coming soon, yes, we will fix our eyes on you, your promises, they all come true. I don't know about y'all, but I highly approve of the new song. Y'all did a great job with it. Yeah. Thank you for being here today. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to all those who are watching and worshiping with us online. For, for all the aunts and for all the school teachers and for all the coaches and for all of the awesome women that, that make a difference in our lives not just our biological mothers, but our second and our third mothers and everybody who helps us make it through life. We want to say we love you and we appreciate you. And let me just clear one little thing up. I know it's kind of confusing, but we said we've got a candy bar for the mothers outside. I don't want you to think we're just going to say, here's your Snickers bar. You know, not like a candy bar like that. It's like a salad bar except with candy. You just go down the line and just get what you want, right? It's the coolest thing ever, and there's a place for you to make pictures uh, as a family little picture um, booth out there. It's awesome. Um, our children are about to go with Miss Catherine to Children's Church right now, and we're about to do something really special. If you notice, we have on the altar 
beautiful, beautiful baby quilts. And twice a year, we do uh, baby quilts. Some, some ladies in our church do baby quilts. And they are given to a United Way program called Success by Six. And this is uh, a program that is designed to help mothers be successful and in knowing how to be good moms. What better day to dedicate these baby quilts for the Success by Six program than on Mother's Day? I can't think of a better time. Can you, Pastor Andy? Come up here with me, Pastor Andy, and we are going to pray. Join us at, at home and saying a prayer. We're going to say a prayer for the mothers, say a prayer for the babies that are going to roll around and play on these quilts and take a nap. And they're going to know that they are loved and, uh, and swaddled up by people from First Methodist Church. So pray with us over these quilts. Lord, we are so thankful for the love and the care that our mothers give us. We're thankful for organizations like Success by Six that help mothers know how to be successful because it's, it's really hard being a good parent and, and you need all the help you can get. So these beautiful quilts, Lord, are not just beautiful to look at, but they also mean warmth and love and cuddles and that's what we want to give and they'll be special and they'll show that we care. So I pray for every mom that will receive this, for every baby that will take a nap on these quilts. I pray for all of the ladies that gave their time and their service to make this happen. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanna also thank you for the way you support your church and for being a part of the church family and being connected that way. And I want to remind you, if you're here and you have an offering to give, uh, the plates are at the front doors there. You can still give your Alleluia offering if you haven't done that. You can give online. You can give by your church app. You can give in all different kinds of ways. And today we're talking especially about how you can give your service. And so uh, I'll be talking about that a little bit more. I want to say another prayer of thanks and blessing for our gifts. Thank you, Lord, for the ways that you blessed us and made us able to share blessings with others. I pray your blessings even now on the tithes and the offerings, on the gifts of talents and services, on everything that we do for your honor and glory and to build up your kingdom. And we ask that in Jesus' name, too. Amen.
What a beautiful message that song brings us. And I want to say to you, you are not alone if you're watching and worshiping with us online. Even if you feel like you're all alone, you're not alone. Um, I want to say a word about these beautiful, beautiful roses on the altar here. These are roses that are given in memory and in honor of, of mothers by different folks. And there's a list um, in the front and the back if you want to get a list and see who all gave roses. Aren't they gorgeous? There's just, I mean, roses. Can't go wrong with roses. Um, I want to say um, happy Mother's, a special happy Mother's Day to, we have several members in our ELC and in our church family that are expectant mothers right now. And it's a special time. I was talking with, with Tammy this morning. We were having our coffee about uh, being an expectant mother on Mother's Day, and I said, whoo, that was a long time ago when we had went through that the first time. And I said, I got to thinking about 23 years ago, we were expecting our first baby on Mother's Day. And Tammy goes, do you remember what you gave me for that first Mother's Day? And I said, uh, no. It's best to tell the truth, uh, all, all you spouses out there. Uh, she said, well, I remember you gave me a pair of blue Birkenstock sandals because my feet were hurting and I had to walk all the time because I was pregnant. And I said, oh, I did good. Yeah. So I didn't remember it, but she did. So remember those special ladies in your life and they will remember that too. So today we're looking at just two verses in Luke chapter 4, verses 38 and 39. After leaving the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him about her. Then he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. Immediately, she got up and began to serve them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Whenever I read a passage in the Gospels that says after Jesus did so and so, it, it makes me want to go back and look at what happened just before that, before the after. And I can't help it because I'm curious. And, and, and I just, I like to see what's going on. One of the one of the best pieces of advice anybody ever gave me about studying the Bible was get curious, ask questions, and then let the Scripture ask questions of you. And that's when, when we let the, the Bible kind of get inside of our kitchen and rattle our pots and pans. That's when it really does us the most good. So what happened right before this passage that I read today? What, what was it that Jesus did before he did the after there? If you look back, you'll see that, that Jesus had just been baptized by John the Baptist. And he had this amazing message of, of love and, and affirmation from the Heavenly Father. The heavens opened up and the voice of the Father came and said, You are my son, the beloved, in you I am well pleased. Can I just pause right here for a second and say, it feels really good to be loved and appreciated, doesn't it? It feels really good to be loved and appreciated. And that's why for, for all the special women in our lives, we want, we want to show you that you are loved and appreciated. It feels really good. And, and this is what God does for, for Jesus 
on the day he's baptized. And so I will go as far to say this. One of the most godly things that you can do is show somebody that they're loved and appreciated. But Jesus didn't have long to kind of bask in the glow of that because filled with the Holy Spirit, right after that, he went into the wilderness to be tempted and tested. And curious minds might want to know that if Jesus was, was God's beloved and God was well-pleased, then why did Jesus allow, why did God allow Jesus, his beloved, to go through such intense testing and intense temptation in the wilderness by the devil and it's really because Jesus was not just the son of God he was the son of man and and he was tempted and he endured every kind of test that we would have to endure so that he is our sympathetic high priest so once Jesus came through the testing in the wilderness if you want to know more about the testing in the wilderness, uh, you can go back and watch the, the Bible study from last Wednesday. We, we studied Luke chapter 4, and you can go back, and we'll talk more in detail about, about the testing in the wilderness. But after the testing in the wilderness, it says that Jesus began to teach in the synagogues in Galilee. And in Luke 4.15, it says that Jesus was praised by everyone. Okay, let me pause here and just say it feels really good to have people give kind words to you. It feels really good to be accepted and spoken well of, doesn't it? So one of the most godly things that any of us can do to somebody else is to show them acceptance and to speak kind words to them. After Jesus had that experience... He went to his hometown, Nazareth, and the hometown folks were not quite so loving and not quite so appreciative and not quite so accepting, and they did not say kind words. Here's what went down instead, and this is from uh, Luke 4, 28 and 29. They, talking about Jesus' hometown synagogue members, they were filled with rage after Jesus spoke, and they got up and they drove Jesus out of town and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. Wow. One of the most ungodly things I think that we can do is treat people like they're rejects. And, and, and I want to say, it hurts. It hurts to be rejected and mistreated by people that you love. It hurts. So that's kind of the opposite of welcoming, don't you think? I mean, to, to run people away and, and to throw them off the cliff, metaphorically or literally speaking. Well, Jesus went to Capernaum after that, another town in Galilee, and he taught in their synagogue, and, and he cast out an unclean spirit from a man, and he began to, uh, to do those things among the people there at Capernaum. And, and it says that news of what Jesus was doing spread everywhere. So let me also say it feels good when people spread good gossip about you, doesn't it? When people tell good things on you, 
One of the most godly things that we can do is to spread blessings and words of uh, goodness and positivity about others. The flip side of that is also true. One of the most ungodly things that we can do is gossip negatively and spread false rumors about people. So now Jesus leaves that synagogue, the one where he had taught with such authority, and it says that he goes to Simon's house. And this is where we pick up our lesson today. This is where we get to the heart of what Jesus did today. He went to Simon's house. And just to be clear, this is Simon Peter, right? This is, this is Peter, the famous disciple. And so it says that Peter's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And if you're in our, our Luke Bible study on Wednesday nights, you know that, that Luke, the, the author of this gospel, his occupation was a physician. And he goes into specific detail, and he says that the, the wording of this says that literally she was in the grip of a major fever. So this wasn't just one of those, oh, you got a little temp. It's she was really sick. And you know, somehow it makes me just feel better. It just kind of helps me to think that Peter was married. He, he had a wife. And you say, well, how do you know Peter had a wife? Well, he had, I know he had a wife because he had a mother-in-law. That's the only way you get to have a mother-in-law is, is when, when you're married. So shout out to my mother-in-law. Mwah! I love you. I've got a great mother-in-law. You have a great mother-in-law? I've got a great mother-in-law, yeah. So Simon Peter had a mother-in-law too, and she was sick. And she was very sick. It makes me curious. Again, I'm curious. I wonder what Peter's wife was like, don't you? I bet she was long-suffering and patient, much like my own dear wife. Um, so Jesus and the other disciples asked Peter, how his mother-in-law was doing. And I hope we don't miss little things like that. In, in verse 38, it says, they ask about her. Well, they showed concern. And, and, and that's a, a godly thing for us to do, is to show concern, to ask people um, and to care about how other people are doing. And then Jesus did something. It says, he healed Peter's mother-in-law. Does that surprise anybody that Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law? It doesn't surprise us one single bit, does it? Because that's what Jesus did everywhere he went. He served everywhere he went. And then Peter's mother-in-law, who had been seriously ill in the grips of a major fever, she did something that on the surface seems funny. Not funny ha-ha, but funny kind of strange. She immediately got up and she started serving them. And you think, what? Couldn't she just take a couple of days off? I mean, doesn't she deserve, she's been sick, really sick. Doesn't she deserve some time to just, I don't know, be on the couch in her pajamas and watch Netflix? I mean, just take some time off. But no, she gets up and right away she starts cooking dinner. Now, I don't know that that's what she was. It says she was serving them. I don't know she was cooking dinner. In my mind, that's what I see her. I picture her doing, cooking dinner. 
It makes me remember when I was a kid and I would be at my grandmother's house and we would be sitting around my grandmother's table and there would be all kinds of delicious food on the table and my grandmother would be going back and forth and she, not only had she prepared all the delicious food, she was going around and making sure that we were all uh, settled and and she would, once she finally did sit down, she'd be the last one to sit down, and she might sit down in a little chair that didn't quite fit under the table because there were so many people there. And I just remember thinking one day, what the, you know, that's really not fair. She's having to do all of that. And I leaned over to my mom, and I said, Mom, when is Mama going to sit down and eat herself? Shouldn't we be fixing her a plate? And my mother looked at me and said, you know, don't worry about her. She's really enjoying this. And I thought, enjoying this? Are you kidding? I didn't understand then, but I do now. I do understand now. My grandmother knew the secret. Just like Peter's mother-in-law knew the secret. So why did they serve? Well... I'm going to let you in on the secret. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm going to talk about three reasons why Peter's mother-in-law got up and served and three secrets about serving. The first reason and the first secret is this. Peter's mother-in-law got up right after she'd just been sick and served because, and here's the secret, it's a joy to serve. It really is. That's one of the secrets. It is a joy to take the talent you've been given, the talent you have, and to use that talent, whatever it is, to bless other people. It's a joy. And so don't think that Peter's mother-in-law resented having to get up and serve Jesus and the disciples. Just the opposite, I believe. Now, of course, it would have been her responsibility to serve people in her household who were guests. And hospitality was huge in Jesus' day. But more than that, I... I believe Peter's mother-in-law had the biggest grin on her face the whole time she was serving them. Just like my grandmother would be smiling all the time she was fussing over us around her table. Have you discovered that secret? That it's a joy to serve? It really is. As a matter of fact, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling down and and maybe, maybe feeling a little bit sorry for yourself. I do that. I have, I have pity parties about myself sometimes. You know what can lift you up? What can lift you up is serving somebody else. I know from experience. I know how that feels. And you might say, well, Pastor Sam, I can't cook. You, you just see, it would not bring me joy to cook for somebody. And if I cooked something for somebody, it would not bring them joy either. It would bring them indigestion. I'm not saying you have to cook and serve a meal. I'm saying listen to your calling. Listen to your calling. And you say, well, how do I find my calling? Here's how we find our calling we find our calling at the intersection of where your great passion and gifts meets the world's great needs. Your great passions and gifts connects with the world's great needs somewhere. And that's where you serve. That's where you're filled with joy. And it's kingdom work no matter what it is.
The second secret is um, mother, uh, Peter's mother-in-law served because she herself had been blessed, and she was just thankful. She was giving because she had received. That's the second secret. Serving is the natural response for a thankful heart. Of a heart of thanksgiving, we know that we are blessed, and we know we're blessed for a reason. We're blessed in order to be a blessing. She had just been healed by Jesus of a raging fever, and she was thankful. She had received, and she wanted to give. It's not that complicated. This last week, um, I was able to help and, and do a funeral for a really sweet lady that was one of those people that was a, a really great example of a, a servant. Um, she and her husband, who had died a couple of years before, both of them uh, served just about in every way that you could serve in your church and in your community. Her name was Joe. And everybody called her Mama Joe, not just her biological children, but everybody in the whole community called her Mama Joe because that's the way she was. She was a mama to everybody. And her husband's name was Bobby. And Bobby and Joe were always together and they were always helping people. And so at this funeral that I helped with, there, there were four ministers at the funeral. Uh, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that must have been the longest funeral ever if there were four preachers there. It really wasn't. It wasn't that. We, we all kind of held it down. But one of the ministers that got up and spoke at Mama Joe's funeral uh, had grown up in that community and had known Mama Joe all his life. And he said the first memory that he really has uh, was, was when Bobby, Mama Joe's husband, was his little league baseball coach. And he said, I was eight years old, and Bobby was coaching our baseball team. And he said, Bobby took the whole baseball team over to their house, and Mama Joe fed us all hot dogs and gave us a bottle of Coca-Cola. And, okay, you think, big deal, but 60 years ago, uh, getting a bottle of Coca-Cola and, and a hot dog for an eight-year-old, that was a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal to me right now. I'd kind of like to have a bottle of Coke and a, and a hot dog. But um, he said no one had ever done that for him before. No one had ever had them over and just... Now, it wasn't complicated. You know, feeding a bunch of hungry boys with hot dogs and drinks, it wasn't complicated. But... Sixty years later, he still remembered it, you see. Sixty years later, here you have this man who has given his whole life to serving others. He was a, a campus minister and, and pastor of a church. His whole life he'd served others. And he remembered this little red-headed lady who had served See, we serve because we've been blessed. And then somebody else serves because we were a blessing to them. And then they serve because someone blessed them. And it's instead of a vicious cycle, it's a virtuous cycle. We get joy from, from serving 
and we get joy from someone serving us, and we pass that along, and around it goes. That's the secret. The third secret is that Peter's mother-in-law served because she was a godly woman. To serve is to show godliness. To serve is to follow Christ. I remember every year on Monday, Thursday, my mind thinks about Jesus gathering in the upper room with his disciples to celebrate the Passover meal. And when they got there, the disciples were, A, distracted by everything that was going on, and B, they were arguing with each other over who was the greatest. And in the midst of all that, Jesus got up from the table and he wrapped a towel around his waist and he got down and he poured water in a bowl and he began to wash the dirty feet of his disciples. And after it was over, Jesus said, do you know what I've done for you? This is in John chapter 13. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for that's what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. I have set you an example, Jesus said. If you want to follow me, it's going to be the way of service. You see, there's a connection between godliness and serving. There's a connection between being a Jesus follower and being a servant. Serving connects us to God, and it connects us to the people we are serving, and it also connects us together with our fellow servants. There's a special bond that happens when you are working together with other people to serve your neighbor. There's a special bond. Just ask any one of our teams that serves in Ladle of Love. Ask any group of the folks that go over and help in our clothes closet or who work in, in disaster relief projects or who work with caring angels or to do the appreciation lunch at Stripling or ask anybody who works together with another people, another group of people and serves. It's the way we're connected to each other. And reconnecting is our theme. The last few weeks we've talked about how we can reconnect through prayers and presence and gifts. And today is service. Does that sound familiar to you? Prayers and presence and gifts and service? It should. Because that's what we say when somebody wants to join our church family. They, they come forward for church membership, and, and Pastor Andy or myself or, or whichever pastor would say, will you, will you be loyal to the, to the United Methodist Church? And will you uphold it with your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service and your witness? These are the ties that bind us. So let me close with a challenge to you. How will you reconnect through serving? What, what gifts has God given you that you want to pass on to others just because you're thankful in your heart that you've been blessed?
it's not just a duty to serve. It's not something that, that we just do if we're following Christ. It's also a joy. You know, it's a joy. And it's just a natural response for a thankful heart. And it's, it's who we are. And you might be thinking, I don't, I don't really know where I can plug in. Well, come ask me. Ask Pastor Andy. Ask Catherine. I'll bet if you want to see somebody smile, you go and ask Catherine how you can help with VBS this year. She will smile at you. I promise she'll smile at you. Uh, Sheila Freeman is our uh, Connectional Ministries Director, and she is always trying to connect people with ways that they can help. There are ways that you can do that. One final benefit to serving. God, our Heavenly Father, gets praised. Praises go up to God when people serve. I want to close with this scripture. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we have been blessed in so many ways. You've given us so many um, gifts, so many talents to use, uh, you have given us blessings from every side, every which way we turn. So as a natural response to that, as a, as a way, Lord, to, to feel that joy that comes from service, help us, to, help us to find that place that we can give, that we can give because we have received and so that others might be blessed and so that they might be a blessing to others and through all of this, Lord, that praises might be lifted to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
go in grace and peace knowing that you are loved and appreciated and freely you have received so freely give in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen 